Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. In my role, I'm out and about in the community talking with people about what they do and, more importantly, why they do what they do and how what they do impacts others. When I meet someone from a nonprofit, we get to talking about them possibly being a guest on this show so that they can share with the community what they do and how they make an impact. I've said many times before that we have some really great things going on in our nonprofit community, so we should be celebrating that and sharing it so more people are aware of the various resources and how they can use their time, their talents, and their resources to to be involved. What's also neat about the show is we get to shine a light on nonprofits that people may not even know exist. It gives the nonprofits maximum exposure, which is awesome. Today's show is about celebrating dedicated, hardworking partners. I'm talking specifically about our soft, furry, four-legged partners. In case you weren't aware, we just celebrated National Pet Month. What exactly is National Pet Month, you may ask? Well, every year, the National Pet Month brings together animal welfare charities, professional bodies, businesses, schools to promote good pet ownership, raise funds for good causes, and have fun. Well, and that's what we're doing today. Actually, the dogs we're going to be talking about today are not just pets, but they're hardworking partners, as I said before, dogs who have served in the military or are assisting law enforcement. We're going to talk uh, talk with two nonprofit organizations that have a very special bond working alongside dogs in a very special way. My first guest today is Danny Shear, who is founder and CEO from Save a Vet. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thanks for having me and my friend. Yes, we have a special guest also in the in the studio today. His name is Patty, and he is a beautiful Springer Spaniel, liver and white, um, and he is a retired bomb detection dog. So we, if you hear some squeakies, hi, buddy. Yeah, there's your squeaky toy. He, he has a ball that he carries around all over, and he's a sweetheart, big brown eyes. Um, actually, I am, if you can't tell, <laughs> I am a major big-time dog lover, and I was at the Pet Expo at State Fair last February, loving on all the dogs, and I saw your booth, and I started talking with a guy who told me your story, and he talked about what the organization does, and then later you came, and he introduced me to you. So it was such an intriguing story, Danny. Can you share that with us? Yes. When uh, when I was deployed in Iraq, my last deployment, I uh, we had a canine unit attached to our battalion. Anytime we'd go on a raid or a detainee ops or even go through a checkpoint, the dog would always search first. And two times that I can remember, we had a canine unit that came out and detected explosives once on a vehicle entering a um, a checkpoint that we were pulling guard at and once before we um, entered a building that was wired with explosives. So on two occasions minimum that I can remember on my last deployment, I had a dog save my life. Mm, that is so, so awesome. I mean, you don't have to be a dog lover to love that story, right? I mean, it's about taking something that has impacted you in a big way and then paying it forward in a nonprofit community, Um, sharing your passion with someone in hopes of helping them in some way. You know, just think if everybody did that, if we could use our experiences or our challenges, our pain, and turn it around so that it would help someone else take that pain and that suffering, and it wouldn't be wasted. It would be used for good. Such a beautiful thing. And when a dog is involved, that's even extra special as far as I'm concerned. Um, So you had a personal experience where a dog saved your life, and you 
wanted to give back in some way, that use that passion and your love for uh, dogs to do something and to give back. So Save a Vet offers help and support to not only the human that served in our country, but also the canine that served our country. So tell us how Save a Vet started and what they do specifically. So when I got out of the military, um, when I was in, I found out the dog that saved my life was not going to be able to be adopted out. He was high in aggression. He had an extremely aggressive background. So unfortunately, when he retired, he was euthanized due to liability because there, oh. there was nowhere for him to go. Mm. When when I got back and I was out for about a year, my buddy's unit that was deployed in Afghanistan ran into the same problem. And uh, that's when Save It was created. So when the military is done with their dogs, they put them through a series of temperament testing. If they pass the test and they get adopted out through Lackland Air Force Base, anybody can adopt. It's a phenomenal program. The Air Force does such a wonderful job running it that sometimes there's up to a two-year waiting list because everybody wants the dogs and there's only so many that are adoptable. That's a wonderful thing, It's right? a great thing. Yes. You know, me being Marine Corps, it's hard for me to give Air Force props, but I'm telling you, this, <laughs> this program has been around for a very long time and the Air Force uh, perfected it since they took it over. They do such an amazing job. Mm. The law enforcement doesn't have that program per se set up, but they follow the same guidelines for the most part. If the dog is adoptable, then they usually offer it to the handler, another police officer, or try to find someone in the general community that can take it. So we step in when the dog is unadoptable. If it's deemed unadoptable for liability, history, training, aggression, there's they can't adopt it out to the general public. It's too much of a liability. So we take the dogs, we place them on secured facilities that we own, and then we hire disabled vets to live there and take care of them. The veterans payment is rent-free housing. We do do random drug testing on our vets, and we require they either work 40 hours a week or go to school full-time with a minimum of a B average. And then our definition of veteran is military, law enforcement, or first responder, injured in line of duty. So we call it mutual healing between veterans. Yeah. Um, in 12 years, we've only had to let go three people. We have a very high success rate. Oh, and you are coming to the rescue of, like we said, both the human and the dog. We have one veteran that I love talking about. When he came to us, he was living in his parents' basement, working 20 hours a week. He was on seven, eight pills a day, drank every weekend, you know, every night pretty much. Uh, he had supervised visits of his kid every other weekend. Um, he lives on one of our properties. He is now the head mechanic for uh, a DNR, so he's going back to his federal time. He has his son every Thursday through Sunday, mm-hmm. unsupervised. He um, He's doing great. He takes one pill every two or three days. The, he attributes it all to the dog. The, the, not only the structure of getting up in the morning, taking care of the house, taking care of the dog, going to work for 40 hours a week, but he being able to spend time with another animal that's been through what he's been through that doesn't judge him so yes, it, the that's program fantastic works. oh my gosh that is so great <laughs> is there anyone else that does what you do no we're the only ones in the country um, we're the only ones in the world that we know of we had two other country governments reach out to us to see what it would take to get save it up and running and we've tried to help them so they could set up their own programs but currently we are still the only ones mm. Wow. So how are you funded then? I mean, that question would come up. It's 100% uh, donation, volunteer, and fundraiser driven. We don't take any government funding. Um, we're very particular on what kind of corporate funds we take. We are a U.S. veteran-run organization, and all of our uh, quotation veteran uh, employees are also veterans. So we, uh, we're, we're kind of picky on who we want to promote and associate ourselves with. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. And you said before that, 
not just anybody can have one of these military dogs. No. I mean, obviously, if, if the dog is available for adoption, that, that again goes all through Lackland Air Force Base. They do their own background checks. They do that. If we get a dog, it's because it's so aggressive or so much of a liability. Their own handler couldn't even keep it. Okay. So for those, we we do our own again background checks and screening and tests, and we hire qualified veterans to live there and take care of them. We send our veterans through a training program by the same people that train military and police dogs, anyways. Mm-hmm. So you know we're, we're good at what we do. And then <laughs> I think it's interesting to note that Patty here, our special guest, was considered ag- aggressive yes. before, right? Yes. And now he is the sweetheart, just chasing his ball around, and you would never know. So you. You you save them and you change. Yeah. You give them them a chance to change. You give them a chance. You give them a chance to retire. Yeah, that's that's. Fantastic. We have some some extremely mean dogs that are great with the handlers that take care of them now, but uh, they uh, they're not still not good with outside people. So okay. you know they're just retired at their homes where they're going to live out a comfortable life. Yeah. Well, the question is, what do you have going on here in the Milwaukee area? So we're working on setting up a project. uh, We're working with the uh, Navy Reserve Unit out of Milwaukee, and we're still waiting to hear back from the city of Milwaukee. But they've got about 80 houses that are owned by the city off of imminent domain that have been on the market for many, many years. They're in less than savory neighborhoods. We're looking at picking those houses up and turning them into safe facilities. Mm. That is so great. Wow. Well, we need to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to learn more about how we can support this great nonprofit who is described as being a mutual healing space between two-legged and four-legged veterans. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community. With your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Danny Shear, founder and CEO of Save a Vet. I read a quote recently by the great Zig Ziglar that said, You have the choice of being a wandering generality or a meaningful specific. I don't know about you, but I would much rather my epitaph read, she was a meaningful specific, instead of saying, she was a wandering generality. We want to make a difference, right? We want to be the change we wish to see in the world. I actually have that plaque on my dashboard in my car as a reminder. So how can we be a meaningful specific and really make a difference for both our two-legged and our four-legged veterans? So... We'll never turn down donations, but that's not exactly what we look for. We look for more hands-on, in-kind donations, in-kind support. Uh, Take a look at our website. We do have a list of items we need. Instead of donating $10, see if there's a $10 item that we need on our website and just, you know, pick it up and send it in. Take a look at our events that we have going on and our fundraisers throughout the year. Offer to volunteer, come out and uh, you know, hold the dog so we can uh, talk to other people and get other sponsors on board. I can do that. You can do that. Uh, <laughs> we, I, I, unfortunately, we can't have you babysit the dog, but we can okay. have you sit at an event for six hours and hold the dog and pat him and play with him so we could talk to other people that can help the organization that want to come in and volunteer so they can come over and hang out with the dog as well. So that helps us tremendously. And share with us, uh, with the audience, why I couldn't come in as a civilian and babysit the dog or dog so part of the way that we get the dogs is 
all of our people have federal security clearances, military, law enforcement, first responders. They've all been vetted, and then they've gone through the same training program that, on a much shorter uh, scale that a military dog handler has gone through. So that's how we qualify to get the unadoptable dogs. Civilians okay. don't have that. Uh, so it's just uh, part of the rules and regulations that we have to abide by if we want the dogs. Sure. But if there's a group of us and I happen to be there at the event and you're just holding the dog next to me, there's, there's no rules against that. Okay. Just and that's what happened at the pet expo. Correct. Yes. You know, so we had uh, we had four civilian volunteers and two military. And don't you guys go all over the country? We do. Uh, you know, to those types of events. We, we've been as far as California and I don't remember the other way. We haven't been to New York yet. Okay. But you, it's good to know that you're a national organization. We are, yes. You know, you've got these homes all over. We do, as far uh, west as Oregon. Okay. All right. And then what about donating resources? You were talking about um, in-kind donations. So, for example, if somebody, I think I read on your website that somebody had some cabinets that they donated yes, to we, use uh, in one of the homes. We have so. a, a gentleman that goes into the big box stores, and he's the one who switches over all the uh, all the example cabinets they have inside the design your own cabinet section. So when he takes them down now, instead of using a, a saws on a sledgehammer, he uses a drill and takes them down, stacks them up on a pallet so we can come pick them up. And why not, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, why, you know, take something that's still good and be able to repurpose it's, uh, it? We, we do have uh, certain, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, standards. Okay. When we build our houses, we because we own them and because we were responsible for maintenance and repair, we don't put in laminate countertops. We put in granite or stamped concrete because we want to be able to do it once for the next 30 years. Sure. have to repair it every year. So we do turn down some stuff but we uh you know we, we always need more material okay. you know somebody donates a laminate countertop we're not going to put it in the kitchen but we will put it in the garage as a workbench for the guys sure you know things like that okay and you have a great website thank you and this is another way that you guys uh get your funding yes so talk about that a little bit if people can our website is saveavet.org, S-A-V-E-A-V-E-T.org. Uh, we have so many different ways that you can donate without actually just making a 10 or $15 donation. We have an online store. It, uh, we have some cool clothes. It helps yes, get the do. message out there. Yeah. When, when people see you walking around with a shirt and they ask you about it, so not only did we just raise a couple dollars, but we also got potentially more sponsors on board. We have a, a way for you to donate vehicles. We're in Wisconsin. Old farm vehicles. Things that oh. have been broken down, doesn't matter if it hasn't rained in 30 years. If you want it off your property, go to our donation section, click on VDAC, and uh, you can donate it for a tax write-off. Perfect. You know, we have so many different ways to volunteer and get involved. Benefit is a, is a really cool program. You, what grocery store? Do you shop at Target or Walmart or Jewel? Sure, yeah. Um, you can download Benefit, and it works just like a like a gift card, but you're not paying for it. You, you spend $50, you get $50. And if you do it at Tarbo, Target or Starbucks, uh, 3% of your of your purchase comes to save of it. Perfect. And you can pay with your phone, so it's pretty cool. It's Very great for nice. college kids and things like that. So yeah, and so how do we get that? We just, just go to our website and uh, scroll down to where it says Benefit Mobile, and it gives you the, the instructions. And like um, w- when we go to Home Depot to pick up uh, stuff to work on our properties, we pre-buy the gift cards, which are on our phone. We spend $100, and we're going to get $100 in gift cards and save of that kids 4% of that $100. Nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and easy. Yes. I mean, anybody can do that. Exactly. Yeah. So 
enjoy it. We look at different ways to get people where they can uh, help and get involved on a daily basis without, you know, making a donation every month or having to come out and swing a hammer. Yeah. We welcome those as well. Exactly. Well, if you're going to go to Starbucks and get a, you know, double latte or whatever it is that you, that you like, why not have a percentage of that go to? We have a company in Illinois and every holiday they give all their employees like $100 gift cards for Starbucks. They've got a lot of employees. They're a mortgage firm. They, um, they do it through the mobile app now. Nice. So when they spend five thousand dollars, save a vet's getting like six percent because there's a there's a time in the during the year where Starbucks gives double percentage. Wow, so it's pretty cool. That's very cool. What about events? Do you have events that we people do. should be aware of? We have events throughout the year. We have a couple big fundraisers, and we always try to set up new fundraisers in different areas. You can go to our website again, saveavet.org, click on events, and see everything that we have going on. If you want to volunteer for an event that you see that's at a local Petco or Pet Smart or Pet Supplies Plus, you can pretty much just show up. If you see one at a convention center, we ask that you just get a hold of us ahead of time because usually it takes a little bit more organizing to get you in. Sure. Wonderful. And fundraisers, we, we have some really, really good, really fun fundraisers. And most of them, you can bring your dog if they're dog friendly. You can bring your kid if they're dog friendly. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, go to the website because, again, if you're a dog lover, you'll easily be able to sport one of those nice T-shirts. Yeah. And it goes to a great cause. So I'm curious, though, let's say there's a vet out there who wants to get involved in the program. What? So, so we know how you get the dogs, but where? what would a vet a veteran do if he wants to align himself with Save a Vet? So they can reach out. They can take a look at our website and reach out, and uh, we'll send them an application. We'll uh, we'll get them going right now. As of right now, we're 100% full. Okay. And unfortunately, because of how small we are, do, do you own a house? I do. Okay, so for us to expand, we need to own a house, cash out, fully furnished, fully operational. Uh, it's not cheap. Sure. Now, the plus side is, is once we own it, we'll have a dog there forever. Patty passes away. Within a week, we'll have another dog placed there. The vet that takes care of him moves on to bigger and better things. We'll have another vet there the next day because we own the house and everything in it. Okay. But for us to expand, it's a house fully furnished. It's not yeah. cheap. Okay. So um, right now, we're, we're still expanding slowly. And typically, we reach out to veteran organizations within the community to find veterans in the community that need help. Okay. But with Milwaukee, it, it potentially can open some doors for us. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot more properties in Milwaukee than we've seen in any other city. Well, that's a good thing. That's it, a good it's thing. It's good for us. Yeah. So uh, how many, would you say, in any given property, how many dogs and, and vets do you have in one place? Depends on the size of the house. Okay. For the vets, dogs, we've, we've never been able to put more than two there. Uh, oh, okay. Most of, our, most of the dogs don't get along. Oh, because of the uh, their past experience. Yeah, or, we yeah. uh, we had a match. The 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 most we've ever had in one property was uh, two so far. Okay, and it was a Massachusetts State Police and a Baltimore County Sheriff dog, and both of their handlers brought them to us at our property in East Dundee to introduce them to make sure they'd get along. Ah. So that really helps a lot. So so is it a one-to-one ratio, or do you have multiple on the vets property. to a dog? Depends on the property. Okay. So like the property that we're looking at right now in Milwaukee, it's a, and we're looking at the biggest and the best because of the way that we're getting it set up. Sure. It's a, it's a five-bedroom that sits on two lots. Okay. So if it looks the same in person as it does on Google Images, uh-huh. then uh, we'll be able to get it two to four dogs there. Nice. That's wonderful. Wow. I I could go on and on because of my love of dogs. And I see Patty just looking at me with those big brown eyes and his red ball right there, just saying, I want to go play. 
Um, but I would recommend that you go to saveavet.org. Great organization, Danny, great story, all, all great things. Um, before I let you go here, contact information. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, we have contact form on our website. Uh, we Again, please read the website. We get hundreds of emails a week asking how to adopt dogs. Can okay. I? They try to mail in adoption programs to us. It's not what we do. Sure. You want to adopt a dog, you have to go through Lackland Air Force Base. But take a look at our website. If there's a question or you want to get involved, we have a form on there. Because we're all volunteer and we all work regular jobs, we, uh, we pick from that form on, on response. So okay. we prefer that way. Um, one thing I would like to mention is we're very, very proud of it. We're 100% volunteer, and we post our financials on our website under About Us. So nice. we're transparent about everything. Very good. Very good. Well, we hope that uh, you listeners will visit the website and learn more about Save a Vet. Thank you, Danny, for being here today and sharing how you make a difference by finding a way for your former comrades in arms to live out the rest of their days in peace with caring friends. We appreciate all you do for both two- and four-legged veterans. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having both of us. Absolutely. Any, any time. Any time for me or any time for him? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I can't, can't resist your blue eyes and, and his uh, big brown eyes. <laughs> Wonderful. Save a Vet has a relationship uh, with an MWD school or a military working dog school at Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. They have a wonderful program to help as many dogs as possible to get adopted out to loving homes, which Danny talked about before. They also train dogs to be used in law enforcement. Stay tuned to learn about a Milwaukee foundation that supports our local MPD canine unit and learn how they're helping to provide resources for our four-legged friends that are out in the community on a daily basis. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. If you love dogs, you tuned into a great show because we're all about the canines today. Even if you aren't necessarily a dog lover, you should still appreciate what these beautiful animals do and how they help and protect people out in the community. My next guest is Robert Zanoni, who is the president and board of directors for the MPD Canine Foundation. Thank you for being with us today, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, we're excited to hear about this MPD Canine Foundation and how it affects the community. So uh, the Milwaukee Police Department Canine Unit has actually been serving the citizens of Milwaukee since 2007. Now, these dogs are top-of-the-line dogs. They're not cheap, and they need to be trained, right? Correct. So that's where the foundation comes in. Right. So can you explain in a little more detail what the foundation is? Right. Well, the unit was formed in 2007, and right away they found out they needed some assistance funding-wise. So our founders, the the Canine Board of Directors, formed a a foundation that basically responds to the needs of the canine unit. They ask us for money that is above and beyond their normal budgets, and we give it to them. You say, we're here to help you. We're here to help you. Um, you. We raise our our funds through a lot of donations, through sales of merchandise, through through large events. and we feel like we're the protectors of that little pot of gold. Um, and we hold it in. I tell everyone it's 95% of our donations go directly to the dogs and to the handlers. Okay. Um, so a lot of times these days people are worrying about their donations. Where are they going? What are sure. they spending it on? Yeah. Um, and I always, 
I always reassure them, be aware that I'm very conscious of that, and I make sure that we spend it directly on the unit and the dogs. We have, we have a lot of fundraising events throughout the year, little smaller ones, but then we have some larger benefactors who step up and step in. And I'd like to mention two of them right away, the Cass family from Skylark Vending, uh, a Milwaukee foundation. They've been around forever. Stan Cass, who just passed away last year or two, okay. uh, literally bought seven to eight dogs himself for wow. us wow. Uh, through the foundation nice. um, at the cost of up to $15,000 a dog. That's that's quite an investment wow. he made in, in the community in Milwaukee. Yes. Um, wow. And just 15, recently. 15000 per dog. Per dog. These are, these are trained dogs. The yes. handlers are, are matched with them mm. um, out in the field. Um, and then they, they get right to work in the first year. Mm. Um, so it's amazing. And then Barb Gilman, who's our other benefactor, who just recently in the last two years have bought almost three dogs now. Wow. For us. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah. What is, how does the foundation assist the MPD canine unit? That's pretty simple. Um, the canine unit has a budget given to them by the Milwaukee Police Department. Okay. And uh, because it, you know how hard it is having a budget, just having a family. Well, imagine mm-hmm. your family being uh, 9 to 12 animals that you can't control, that can't tell you what they need. That's like so, a kid. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Do you have any kids? You know, exactly. you can't control them. You and, know, they got and all. And you know needs. how you get your budget blown out right away. <laughs> sure, and, okay. sure. Well, that's kind of what happens with the canine unit. Uh, the budget is is fairly small. The canine unit expanded so dramatically in such a short period of time, uh, the budgets had a hard time keeping up. Okay. So what happens is the canine unit uh, decides uh, I need X, so they request from us the cost of X okay. um, if it falls above and beyond their normal budget. Sure. Um, so it, we basically write a check d- directly to the unit or to the place where they're buying this piece of equipment, training, uh, comfort item, whatever it is. Okay. Um, so that's why I try to reassure people the money goes directly to the unit. It doesn't go into the coffers of the Milwaukee Police Department. It doesn't go to the city of Milwaukee fund or anything like that. It goes okay. directly to be spent on the unit. Uh-huh. Um, and that could be, again, for a dog or the supplies correct, the to do- care for these dogs. It could be the purchase of a dog. Benef- donating dogs. It, right. But. It could be the purchase of the dog itself. Mm-hmm. It could be training. It could be a handler and dog being sent away to North Carolina to train. It could okay. be a, a bullet-resistant vest for the dog. It can be uh, cages and... And, and crates that go at different stations. So when a, an officer needs to go into the station to do reports, he can bring his dog in and have his dog relax okay. in, a, in a kennel. It could be what they call a hot box, which is a it's, a, it's what we call, and it may be a name brand, it's what we call where the dog is in the squad car itself. It has an air conditioning unit. It has a heating unit. It's Wi-Fi connectable to the officer's cell phone. So when the officer leaves the squad car and leaves his dog in he knows what's going on in there oh, it wow. will give him alerts when the if the car should stall or if the air conditioning or heating should get above and below a certain temperature um, and it has an automatic uh, bailout function in case of a traffic accident or when the dog needs to leave the vehicle very quickly the door will pop open oh, very these good. are really expensive items I am sure um Typically, since their infrastructure, the Milwaukee Police Department covers them as part of their budget. Um, but when you go from 
five or six dogs up to 13 dogs in a matter of a couple of years, the budget can't keep up with that. Sure. So we're, uh, we're asked to provide some of the funding for it, and we do. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, they're like an employee, just like the, the human is. They're I mean, an employee. They're doing the work exactly. just like the... Uh, the human officer, or law enforcement right. agent, is is doing so, and we and an we investment. treat them, yeah, and we treat them like a, a working dog. But these dogs go home with the officers at night, and they're mm-hmm. their pets. Yeah, they treat you know we we always say they work, and then we love them up. Mm. Um, you know, some training at at different places around the country is basically work, 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 and then they're kenneled. Mm. Uh, not our dogs. Our dogs okay. go home with the handlers. They're their pets, and then when the dog retires. The handler has the option to take that dog home with them forever. Nice. Um, yeah, because we heard in the previous segment about how some dogs can't be adopted out, and to know right. that there's a place for them. Well, if right. the handler already has a relationship with the dog, it makes perfect sense that they would just retire with the handler. Plus, so. if you've lived with this dog for 10 years, are you really going to give it up? Right. It's your baby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get that for sure. Um, why does the MPD canine unit need more funding uh, more outside funding. You know, we we pay taxes. Isn't that enough? Yeah, it 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 is enough. Unfortunately, like I said, the budget just you know budget items and policies take time to evolve, and because we the canine unit has blown up in terms of numbers and size and and technology, the budgets can't keep up with it. Um, I I try to reassure people that. Um, it, it's a good donation in that eventually the budgets will catch up with the size of the unit. Um, right now, the the unit is probably at, I wrote it down here, um, nine or ten where two dogs are off, what we say are offline right now, two handlers are offline. Um, and we've, we're constantly sending handlers up for training and for matching with dogs. Okay. Um, the, the, the department has been gracious because it's not just an expense on the cost of the dog. It's the expense on taking a handler off the streets of Milwaukee for oh. three or four weeks and sending him to training. Sure. I mean, that's well, a large expense, that. right? Yeah, it's yeah. a large expense. Plus they have to cover that officer in the city of Milwaukee. So yeah. when they add a, <clears throat> a dog to the unit, it's a fairly large expense on on across the board, you know, manpower wise, equipment wise, dog wise, another squad car. Yeah, yeah. But again, like a great investment because you look at what they do and how they protect the citizens. Yeah. I mean, you know, these are these dogs are both apprehension dogs, uh, detection dogs. So we say that you know certain dogs are trained to sniff drugs, to sniff uh, uh, gunpowder, mm-hmm. guns. Where there's guns, there's drugs where there's mm-hmm. money there's drugs and things like that um and the other dogs are here to find criminals or suspects in buildings you know to to apprehend them and when i say that i mean bite them or grab onto them so other officers can be safe yeah. and come into the building and then and arrest the, the suspect yeah. but uh They're so they valuable. do a lot of yeah. they do a lot of the heavy lifting and they protect the officers at work yeah. and in turn the more the more drugs and, and arrests we can make in Milwaukee, the better off that is for the citizens Absolutely. and the better off it is for the outlying suburbs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, why did you decide to donate time to the foundation? I mean, are you a big dog lover like me? A, why are you so passionate <laughs> about this organization in particular? Uh, I, <clears throat> I work in the city of Milwaukee. I don't live in there. I live in Ozaki County. Um, but 
I made a lot of friends with the police officers on a daily basis. I saw them every day. They came in, had coffee with me, things like that. And then suddenly there were canine units coming in, and I made friends with them. Mm-hmm. And having had dogs all my life, and have I don't have a, a shepherd now or a Malinois, but um, I have a dog, and uh, dogs have a special place in my heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought, well, what better way to spend my, my time giving back is to help help my buddies the dogs, help my buddies the cops, and right. help the citizens of Milwaukee exactly. all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you know. that's a perfect yeah, uh, I, score there. It was kind of a no-brainer for me. So, I, Yeah, you know. w- wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're going to take a, a commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to learn more about the canine unit specifically and what effect their presence has out in our community. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and Robert Zanoni, representing the MPD Canine Foundation, is joining me here in the studio today. Okay, Bob, I want to learn about these beautiful dogs. We learned about the foundation in the previous segment, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about the MPD canine unit specifically and what they actually do? Give us a little bit more specifics. More specifics. Well, remember, I'm not a police officer, and I don't work for the Milwaukee Police Department. Yes. I can tell you that uh, the dogs are German Shepherds. They're Belgian Malinois. They're Dutch Shepherds. Um, they're all purchased through kennels we work with here in the States and trained, but they're, they're purchased from, uh, directly from Germany or, or somewhere in, uh, in Europe. Um, so we have to get them over here. That's probably why they're so We have to get them over so, here and so they're so expensive. expensive. Yeah. They are trained in bomb explosives detection. I won't say bomb detection. They, they, they can smell gunpowder now, and they, they do a lot of detection in that way. They can smell um, drugs and gunpowder on items. So if they, they smell uh, or detect a large cache of money, there may be drugs and gunpowder residue on that money that they can, they can hit on. Uh, as I understand it, it, mm-hmm. As the the officers say, where there's guns, there's typically drugs. Where mm-hmm. there's drugs, there's typically money. So you can do a search of a building and detect these things, and and it will lead to other things that they will find. Sure. Um, the other the other side of the coin are the dogs that do apprehension. It, these are larger dogs. Typically, they send into buildings to to search a building to see if a suspect that they've been maybe chasing has been holed up there. Um, and uh, unfortunately, the dog, these dogs have no way of discerning good from bad. So if mm-hmm. there's a, you know, a good guy in there, that good guy will get bit as well as a bad guy getting bit. Okay. So there, there has to be some warning set up for that. Sure. But the, the dogs are, are very smart dogs. And they when are. they're not working, when they're not on the hunt, they're the sweetest dogs ever. Uh-huh. I mean, they're always budding up to you. They want to lean against you. You got to rub them when, you know, when the handler allows you to. Right, right. Well, I think of Patty that was here with uh, Danny in the previous segment. He was, was, uh, kind of categorized as the aggressive dog Mm -hmm. and he was at one point but they were able to 
change his behavior and and save him literally, right. which was fantastic. Yeah, our our as as I understand it, they uh, the way they train our dogs, they they want a, a light switch. They want to be able to tell the dog to be aggressive, and tell the dog, okay, stop being aggressive. Wow, that's and, amazing. And when it you is amazing, it. and that's why the training is so expensive, and right. that's why matching a handler. With a dog is pretty critical. You have to have that chemistry. Mm. Um, the handler and the dog have to have a chemistry. And um, people, it's hard for you to tell when you're the handler with that dog, apparently. But as the trainers watch scenarios that they set up, they can they can say, no, you know, maybe this dog is better for you. Let's tr- let's train you for a while with this dog and see how it works out. Mm. But you also got to remember, you're going to take this dog home yeah. for for ten years. I mean that. I sit, we think eight to ten years is the service life of a of a of oh. a canine officer. Okay. Um, so if a dog makes it to the end to retirement, sure. um, he's been with that handler for ten years, yeah. or maybe a couple of handlers, depending depending on how uh, a handler's career goes and stuff like that. He may retire before the dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, then they have a you know a trusted pet at home for Absolutely. the rest of yeah you know, rest of retirement. Well, I think about when you're, when I'm in the airports, Mm -hmm. you know, you see the dogs with their handlers and I can't help but want to go up and love on the dog, you know, but they're like, you know, stay or just Sometimes they're they're working. They're working. Yeah. So if you think about it, they're, like you said, turning on that switch, they're in work mode, you know, like, don't bother me here. Don't give me a treat. I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm sniffing out, you know, potential explosive detector, doing explosive detection or sniffing out drugs or firearms. Right. right? Let me tell you though, all the, all the canine handlers say the same thing. If you want to pet the dog, just ask me. They, they just love showing off their dog and they love, they love when the public loves on their dog, you know, in public. And, okay. But so like they say that to kids all the first. time. Right, sure. Right. They, they say that kids all the time, do you want to pet the dog? Do you want to pet the dog? And they're oh. kind of like, oh, you know, it's wearing a bulletproof vest. and Yeah. Now, and intimidating so, looking because they're mostly, like you said, German, German shepherds. shepherds right. And, yeah, they're, and they then, can be intimidating. <laughs> exactly. But they're beautiful dogs. I was on your website, and there's a place that you can – that that you can actually go and see the pictures of the dogs and what they've done and oh, what yeah. their service work is and their handlers and yeah. yeah we have a we have a link on our on our web page that has dog pictures with a short little bio um, and it's so hard to stay on top of that I mean right now I think there's only six or seven dogs pictured on there because we have so many like I said our, our unit has blown up so so quickly that we can't get the photos and the bios on there quick enough I think um, the dogs will probably be all right with that don't you yeah think? I don't know I think <laughs> I think they're leafing through Facebook trying to find a picture of themselves they're just like we all through do. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> they're like wait a second where's my picture right. here so so what effect does the presence of the canine <clears throat> unit have on the city streets you were talking about that a little bit before but not only the city streets but the citizens as well right. as the surrounding community yeah that's we'd like to say that your donation goes directly to the unit and in the end it helps the dogs and the handlers it also keeps the the city streets safer because not only can we send a dog in to do the work of an officer keeping the officers safe but when we make these apprehensions whether they're violent criminals or whether they're they're uh, they're involved in drugs it keeps the citizens of milwaukee uh much safer and in turn and this is where i get a lot of questions why should i donate 
money to the Milwaukee unit when I live in Ozaki County, such as myself. In turn, it keeps the suburbs surrounding Milwaukee safer because we we nip it in the bud, as you would say. Um, we try to get, you know, urban areas typically have a higher crime rate. So if we can keep that crime rate down and keep that stuff uh, localized, it doesn't come out to my doorstep in Ozaki or out to Waukesha County or right. wherever. Yeah, I think that's um, important to to think about or to uh, important thing to mention because mm-hmm. yeah i'm a waukesha county resident i may say you know I'd, I'd much rather support my community out this way but you're saying it does mm-hmm. have a direct impact because we're localizing the the uh problems maybe not right. to say we don't have problems out in waukesha or ozaki county but it it has a domino effect it does and yeah. we we try to make it easy we try to make it easy for you to donate money we're a 501c3 charitable organization so every dollar you give us every hour you donate is deductible through the through your taxes currently um and uh and like i said all that money goes direct so that's a, you're that's making a, you're making an impact whether it's yeah. five dollars or five hundred dollars or mm-hmm. hello out there fifteen thousand dollars yeah. for a dog <laughs> right right um you know, and there and, are people that are doing that, as you said before. You know, well, Facebook is an amazing thing because it's, uh, I did this, you post it on Facebook, and 500 of your friends see it. Mm. And then, you know, 1,000 of their friends in turn see it, and sure. it's arithmetic. And so on, and yeah. so on, and so on. So right. it, it really helps to get the word out. And this yeah. is so great talking to you because now I don't have to repeat my spiel to a single person at a at a industrial event in in the pet expo or something like mm-hmm. that i can talk to thousands at once absolutely it's great it's, it, it is wonderful what about volunteers you know you had talked about obviously you were a volunteer you're you know what you do is on a volunteer basis but what about somebody out there that's listening that loves dogs as i do um how can they volunteer with the foundation um you can go to mpdkninefoundation.org um we have a bunch of links there that you can we can hook you up with something to do definitely okay. um we do like i said we do pet expo we do uh pet fest at the summer fest grounds um we're doing the golf outing on the first monday of every june of every year and uh we need people to do things to go pick up prizes to do paperwork um it's pretty it's pretty easy stuff to do it's just the the sheer volume I mean, it, we're currently a board of, of four people, okay, and we have, you know, eight to ten others that usually help us, but sometimes it gets overwhelming for us. But time, sure. time is money, and if if you don't have the money to donate, uh, we prefer we prefer a couple hours of your time. Yeah, Absolutely, it doesn't cost anything to uh, right. to come in except uh, your time, yeah. and so uh, those are your call to action. Uh, those those things that you that you mentioned is mm-hmm. there another you know if I were to ask you what's the most important thing you want to leave with the listeners regarding the canine unit and the foundation how would you answer that um, donate your time make a charitable donation through our organization that goes directly to the unit um, you know an easy way to do it is go to smile.amazon.com okay. you can pick a charitable organization Every time you buy something through the website on Amazon, guess what? We get a little chunk of that money, and you don't have to pay a cent. Amazon makes that 
donation okay. for you. Yeah, Danny so talked about that with them, too. That's a phenomenal, great way to do it. It's a phenomenal Amazon yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, or you can just buy a stuffed animal or a T-shirt, our, lo- our logo wear, correct, or okay. come visit us at Pet Fest and say hi and pet a canine officer. Okay. Um, and uh, buy maybe a stuffed animal that looks like him. There you go. Or her now. We have some female dogs. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. Girl power. That's right. Way to go. <laughs> female canines. Yay. Yeah, Maddie. Well, thank you, Rob, for sharing with our listening audience why you're so passionate about the MPD Canine Unit and Foundation. Thank you for being here today and for building awareness of this important community resource. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. You are welcome. I also want to thank my first guest, Danny Shear, founder and CEO of Save a Vet. And again, thank you to Robert Zanoni from the MPD Canine Foundation. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200. If you're not in the car or you don't have access to a radio, there are a number of ways to tune in. You can use your laptop or your tablet and go to newstalk1130.com. You can download the iHeartRadio app or you can ask Alexa to play WISN AM 1130. And if you happen to miss a show, you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired interviews. Join us next Sunday morning to learn more about some great people and great nonprofits that are doing great things in our community. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing.